Howdy there. I'm Matt McKinley with the Burning Daylight Podcast. If you ever wanted to make a podcast, well, Spotify's got a platform that makes that lets you make one super easily. And then you can distribute it everywhere and even earn money. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for, for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from the phone or computer. Uh, so no matter what uh, your setup is like, you can uh, start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And uh, if you like my show, Fence Post Politics with my buddy Aaron, that's the place to watch it because it's all video all the time. And we uh, like we share videos, we comment on videos, we share news articles and uh, and funny memes. So um, it's pretty cool. Um, and also, if you want to take your conversations to uh, with your fans to the next level, uh, your question and answer answer and polls are the best way to get them talking you can attach that to your your podcast there and, and you get your you get you know valuable interactions with your fan your fans and uh <clears throat> with spotify for podcasters you can earn money in a variety of ways including ads and podcast subscriptions and best of all it's totally free with no catch and that's uh that that is true um, <laughs> supposed to do a testimonial here, um, but anyways, this is the the podcast I use or the podcast uh host that I use. I like Spotify. They're uh they're very good on just letting you do your thing, uh with uh with no catch to it. Uh, there's a good reason why Joe Rogan hosts podcasts on Spotify and, and this is uh this is a great way to get started if you if you've ever thought about starting a podcast this is where I would send anybody to go um <clears throat> best thing you can do is just download the Spotify for podcasters app or you can go to spotify.com slash podcasters to get started and yeah if you've ever thought about just doing a podcast or if you're tired of paying a monthly service that uh, doesn't seem to do much for you, Spotify podcasters is your spot. So uh, go to spotify.com slash podcasters or download the app today. They say I'm a bourbon legend If you didn't know I haunt the honky-tonks Like a worn-out ghost A friend of a friend Is that right or wrong? And I'll be a bourbon legend Long after I'm gone Howdy there. I'm Matt McKinley and we're burning daylight. Howdy folks. Hope everybody's doing well today. Coming to you a little later in the day than usual, but kind of a busy morning and I was on equipment and it just wasn't real conducive to record a podcast. So here we are now. Anyway, I was kind of looking through the news and everything on that was kind of depressing and nothing super funny that I could find. And uh, so I ain't going to mess with the news today. It's all kind of a downer so 
Who needs that shit in their life? Let's have some fun. I think I'll tell you some stories about some of the, the real characters I've met over my years. Working in the feedlot or ranch work. Just uh, some just some funny characters, whether I liked them or not. Like, you know, these, these folks tend to be pretty goddamn funny. So that's what I'm going to talk about today. Hope you like it. Uh, thanks for... Thanks for all the shares and the likes and the follows and and of course to li- uh, for listening that that's the biggest thing and uh, boy it's been just pretty pretty amazing the the feedback I've got so thanks for everything and uh, keep telling your friends and whatnot and I'll I'll keep the stories coming and hopefully you keep liking them so. With that, I'm going to tell you about a little guy named Esteban Diaz, or Steve as he was known at Grant County Feeders. I don't know how he doesn't own that place at this point. He's been there so long. I want to say he started there when he was 18, and when I started working there in 2009, he'd already been there for like 35 years. Right, just shy of 35 years, I believe. And he was, uh, he worked on the hospital crew. He was a doctor there. And that's pretty well what he had done his entire career. So, he had some really good stories. He was a funny, hard-working little man. And uh, he's a Mexican immigrant. I don't know, I believe he had a citizenship but I don't think he came over legally. I don't know for sure, but I don't really care either because the more people like Steve Diaz we have over here, the better off we are. He was, that guy would do a job. He would work hard and not, not complain and just just put his ass to work and, and he was happy with it. So I, don't, I truly don't give a shit if he came over legally or not. He was a good guy. And, and anybody that thinks otherwise, I'll, uh, I'll throw your ass in the octagon right now. And uh, as uh, my buddy Ruben says, catch these chingasos coming your way. So he'll be the first guy I'll tell you about today. So one of the funny things about Steve was that he had... <laughs> He was just the way he went about things. He was just kind of a quirky, quirky little fella. And he would go back to Mexico every summer and, uh, and visit family and whatnot. And he was getting ready to leave. And I gave him 50 bucks and said, hey, give me a bottle of tequila. I said, whatever the best bottle of tequila you can get for 50 bucks. I said, uh... You know, 40 bucks for the tequila and keep 10 for your for your trouble. And he said, okay, I'll, I'll do it. And he gets back about two weeks later, I think is how long he was gone. And he hands me a bottle of Jose Cuervo Especial. And I was like, well, thanks, Steve. I can get that at the liquor store. And he said, I know. I bought it at the liquor store. 
I forgot to get your tequila in Mexico. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Oh, all right, well, I guess you're going to have to drink it with me now. And But he wouldn't do it. He said it because it's not good tequila. And I, well, what the hell? That's what I wanted was good tequila. He failed me, Steve. But he always had these funny stories. Because uh, he'd been at that place for so long. He'd seen so many people come and go. And... Uh, Seen some really good hands, seen some, you know, really good managers, and then just see some just shit quality people. But, and his funniest stories were always about animals, and uh, he told me about this one. It was a, uh, they pulled it, it was a buller, which, for the non-ag people again, that's uh, when the steers get to riding each other, and, uh, they they'll usually kind of pick on one and typically that one's a little sick and they can so they just they pick on the weakest of the bunch almost and uh they get pretty vicious about it i mean they'll they'll ride one all the way to the ground and uh you know and he'll if you if you don't get him pulled out and out of that pen they'll uh they'll pretty much ride him into the ground and he'll be dead in a couple days so anyway, they, they got this one that bowled pretty bad, brought it up to the hospital, and he, what did he, ha oh, he had one of those, he had a great big, like, blood abscess on his, on his back over his tail head, where they, you know, where they were mounting him, and so it just, rather than being like a typical abscess with a bunch of pus and whatnot, it's just, uh, like, blood, and, like, clotted blood, basically, and so we'd cut it open and scrape it out. And so they did that, and uh, I was asking him one day why why we didn't flush that out with anything. And so oh, we used to use iodine, but we don't use it anymore because I uh, I almost burned the, the main hospital down. <laughs> How the hell did you do that? And so that, that, there comes the story of this buller. So they got him in the chute, and they got that that abscess popped and scraped out all the clotted blood and everything and uh they open the head gate of the chute and release him and he doesn't move and so they're they're poking him make, you know trying to get him to step on out of the chute and he won't go <clears throat> so they uh, they go grab the hot shot and i guess for i didn't realize it at the time i'd always read the label but I'd, I'd not always read the label, but I'd seen it on the label that uh, that iodine is flammable. So he reached up and gave that little steer a zap right on the tail. He was just reaching through the side of the chute, and uh, that iodine they'd used to flush out that that abscess ignited, and <laughs> that little steer caught on fire. And he came out of that chute about 90 mile an hour with Steve running behind him with a fire extinguisher trying to get him put out. But because of that, that was the last time they ever uh, <laughs> they ever flushed any of their abscesses out. At least in the time that I was there, they may have started doing it again since I left. But when I was there, they never did. Uh, flush any abscesses with uh, with iodine or peroxide or anything just because of that that one incident where 
Steve about lit the, the barn on fire. So, <laughs> that was always a pretty funny sight. Just thinking about it, but there was there was plenty of other Steve Diaz stories I'll tell you in the future. But that was a pretty good one, I thought. Today's show is brought to you once again by the D bags. Don't be a gunsel. And um, I've had a few comments on what a gunsel is, and. Uh, Typically, a gunsel is kind of kind of described as somebody who looks like a cowboy, dresses like a cowboy, but overall don't know what the fuck they're doing, and uh, and they're pretty prevalent anywhere you go. And some people have different names for them depending on what line of work you're in. But for us in the cowboy world, we call them a gunsel. But anyway, don't be a gunsel is it's a website started to uh started with the working cowboy with, who has a sense of humor in mind and they also have line of merch that you can buy uh they got some hats and some stickers and uh, a coffee mug uh you can find them at don't be a gunsel on instagram and facebook and uh if you go buy any of their merch make sure you use the promo code burning daylight and get 10 percent off It'll help them out, that'll help me out, and you get some cool shit for a little bit cheaper. And their prices are already pretty cheap, so go I'll go check them out, support them, and uh, use the Burning, uh, Burning Daylight promo code, B-U-R-N-I-N-D-A-Y-L-I-G-H-T. I, uh, I spelled the daylight wrong yesterday because uh, I'm a fucking hand, that's why. But anyway... Go check them out. Don't be a gunsel. And one of the other kind of more unfavorable characters I've met along the years was, I don't even know the guy's name. He was just a, a truck driver for, I don't know who he, but he was hauling a load out of the, Fall City, Nebraska sale barn. And uh, the guy that owned that was a big order buyer for, for Grant County feeders. And he was known for just sending some shit type of cattle. Just a lot of like Ozark, Missouri type cattle. Fescue, fe you know, round fescue grass. And, and it, you know, you'd have steers coming in that were frame of like a yearling about that that height but their tail would be dragging the ground their head would be the size of you know the of a buffalo and just inbred is all hell and uh and he'd, his invoice would say they were averaging like 750 but they, they weighed anywhere from 400 to 1100. And so I suppose, yes, technically they did average 11 or 750, but yeah, there, it was just a bunch of shit is all it was. So this old boy pulls up, bumps the scale, and starts dumping his load of cattle and we're waiting on him. He's taking a while. 
So the way they did it, we waited for them to unload their whole truck. And we'd count them all out of that, that little load and slant onto the scale and count them off. We'd catch a weight ticket for them. And then we, you know, we'd go into the office and sign his papers and everything. And so we're waiting on him, waiting on him. He finally kind of comes over. And we, one of my guys started running the, that load up to the scale. And he said, I had one down on the truck. And I got him rolled over onto the, to the ramp. But he laid down. I can't get him up. But I think... I think he, he'll be alright, you get him a bucket of water or something. And uh, I'm looking at this fella and he had to have been, he had to have been 400 pounds if he, you know, if he was a buck 50. And I mean, he was just, he was a massive individual. And he's wearing bib overalls with no shirt under it, so just big, sweaty, shit covered man tits flopping everywhere. And he's huffing and puffing, and yeah, I think he'll be all right. Just give him a bucket of water, I think. And uh, so I said, okay, we, we counted the rest of them. Head over there, and he's he'd made it off the, the ramp of the loadout chute, and he was in the little tub. And so I, I hop over the fence and try to, push him on out and next thing I know he he comes at me and uh, I managed to kind of just stiff arm him a little bit just to just to spin out of his way and he crashed into the the fence of the tub there which you know, was solid sided steel so it kind of knocked him out and then he quivered and died right there and uh, <laughs> one of the one of the other guys, well, we, never, we didn't get there in time. If we'd only had a bucket of water, we could have saved him. One of the other fellas that I worked with at Grant County was also a pretty colorful character. But I didn't think so much of him as I do Steve. I didn't dislike the guy, but I definitely didn't like him all that well either. He was just, I, I don't know, I didn't, I didn't have a real high opinion of him, but he was named, uh, I won't say his last name just for, you know, I don't want to, I don't want anybody looking him up, anything. You never know nowadays, people are weird. So, anyway, we'll call him Cowboy Joe because that's what he called himself. And he was from Watonga, Oklahoma. And he was a just real piece of work. He, uh, <laughs> he was kind of a short, fat fella. And he was real, real proud of himself. And he, uh, he was real proud of, of his horse that he kept telling us about this horse that his ex-wife owned. And uh, we got entered, Grant County entered, I think, three or four different teams in the Beef Empire Days Ranch Rodeo over in Garden City, Kansas. So we went over, and I was on Cowboy Joe's team. And I, I wasn't much of a, 
a hand with a rope, so I was just kind of there for ground ground support. And Joe had been telling us for about two weeks how excited he was about this ranch rodeo because his ex-wife was going to be in town. And uh, she was bringing his good horse, which was hers now, but she was going to let him use it. And, uh, and he was just, he was prouder and punched to, to show off his ex-wife, which I, I did not understand any of that because if he was that proud of her, I don't know why he wasn't still married to her, but whatever, teach their own, I don't, don't make a shit to me, but, so he, we haul, haul, uh, over to Garden City, and, and Joe's ex-wife meets him there with this, this badass horse of his that he was telling us about, and he was a good-looking bay, thick, stout, flashy, flashy-looking old horse, and we, uh, we did not have a very good team, we, we missed our, it was like a two-loop limit, and my header missed on the Doctrine, and uh, so I necked him, and then my, my healer missed on that, so we, we were out on that steer, and then the other team got theirs tied down, but it wasn't very good time, so either how, we take a, we take a no time on that, I guess it was a double mug and not the Doctrine. And then we come to the calf branding, and Joe's in there roping, and he brings his calf, and he, he roped it nice, double hocked him, and is dragging him too, and he gets to the gate, and that big old flashy pretty looking bay, bay horse just quit on him, just absolutely quit, and was trying to lay down with him right there in the middle of the arena and in the middle of the Brandon competition. And uh, and so we ended up just dragging the calf across the line by by the rope, just all, us on the ground. And, and old Joe, I worked there for another year almost, and he never lived that down. They, he got so much shit about that horse that couldn't pull a baby calf. <laughs> or that wouldn't pull a baby calf. Not so much that he couldn't. He just wouldn't do it. And I don't know if it was the chalk line that got him or what. But he balked at something. Cause he, was, he was trucking along pretty good. And then they... Yeah, then he just would not go through that gate. And just and then was trying to lay it down. And... <laughs> oh, Cowboy Joe... It, it, um, he, he didn't live that down while I was still there. But there was another time with him. We were shipping fat cattle. And he was bringing, bringing cattle to the scale. And we had a great big big uh, ground scale there at Grant County. And you could hold about 50 head of fat steers and uh, about 55 head of fat heifers. So, and I, I got to where I could, I could pretty well guess how many head was on there just by, by looking at the weight. And, because they, the way feedlots work anymore, everything, you're, you're, you're feeding them to, to, 
to a uniform product is basically what you're, you're looking at. So you want your steers all to be right around the same size so that way when they get to the packing house they don't have to adjust anything. They can just scoop them up, knock them and go and, uh, and they don't have to, to adjust any of their chains. And so I, uh, all these steers were right around 1,400 pounds when they were shipping to the, to the plant. And I could, I could guess, just, just kind of based by the, uh, looking at the weight, how many head were on there. And I had Joe convinced that I could just guess by the sound. Because I had done it enough by that point that if I, I spun that story well enough, it was almost believable if you to somebody with common sense, somebody without common sense, it, it made all the sense in the world, but I had Joe convinced that I I could guess those those cattle just by, by listening to them come up onto the scale. And and he bet me that I couldn't. So first draft I said there's 48 head. And he said, well I can't count because he'd he'd lost some fingers in a roping accident and uh and so it's, I, I've only got three fingers, so I can't, I can't count much higher than eight. And so he he called over to the guys on the other side of the scale and asked them to get a head count. Sure enough, forty-eight. Son of a bitch, double or nothing. I'll do it. Fifty head, Joe. There's fifty head on there. No, there's more than that. Fifty head on the dot. Well, fuck. Devil or nothing, how the hell are you doing that? So I'm just that fucking good, Joe. I am that good. And I said, it, it just takes a lot of work to get up in the morning and be this goddamn good every day. So I, I had him, I had him kind of human mad because not only was it making him look like an ass, but he was losing money on top of that. So long story short, I ended up winning hundred and sixty dollars on him before he finally gave in but he uh he was one of those guys that he was late 40s at the time and he did not like taking orders from a 25 year old punk ass kid just coming out of high school so he he didn't really get along with me that well once i uh I moved over to the, the pin riding side and kind of was supervising over there. We, he did not did not like me one little bit. But he uh, he never got the best of me on any of the of any of the insult contests. He was just throwing shit back and forth. But he was a, he was another one of those characters that. That I'm sure everybody who's worked in the ag industry for very long knows guys like him.
So let me tell you about the legend of Ronaldo. Ronaldo is not the real name, but I don't want to... It's kind of an embarrassing story, so I don't want to... I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. So we'll call him Ronaldo for right now. So anyway, Ronaldo hired on here in Nevada here about a year and a half ago. And uh, he didn't know much. He knew how to ride a little bit. And had attended some Pat Pirelli horsemanship clinics. And uh, that, that's really about all he knew when it came to the horse business. And uh, I wasn't real sure on him, but I didn't have much choice in the hiring process. So... We hired Ronaldo, and there was one, and he was just, more than anything, he was just really slow. Had, uh, had no hustle to speak of. And, uh, that was kind of where I, I butted heads with him. And he didn't know a whole lot, but he was picking, picking stuff up pretty well as far as cattle handling and spotting sick cattle. He was doing okay on that. So, well, maybe it'll work out, but he just never he never had any real sense of urgency or anything like that. But we were we were doing a bunch of uh, re-implants one day. I guess they're not re-implants, just implants in general. And so they had a a pretty full processing crew doing that and and then we had me and Ronaldo and another kid riding pins and we were pretty full at the time and a pretty busy day so we started riding over on the side where they were processing cattle and they were just finishing up a pin and I said okay well we'll just go bring the next pin to you no big deal and so we, we go to pull the pin and we're we're pushing them up and I I go split the, the group and get them started up the alley and Ronaldo and the other guy were bringing the bringing up the rear and the steer cuts back on on him and Ronaldo goes tearing down the alley in typical Ronaldo fashion which means he was at oh roughly a brisk walk maybe just a touch faster maybe and and of course he doesn't get around the steer so the steer goes all the way to the bottom of the alley and and old Ronaldo has to bring him back and then he leisurely brings him back up and the steer cuts back on him again and so we can play this whole process over it's about a 10 minute process of him bringing this one animal back up and as he's bringing them the second time I said hey if you catch a trot and push that steer up here and don't give him a chance to look back it'll be a lot easier for you well he didn't and Sure enough, that steer turned around, head baked, and on by him he went. And I was riding a pretty fast little horse that day. And so I 
I kicked him up and went blazing past him, and I, he only got about another 30 yards from where he'd cut back before I got around him, and I took him up there at a lope and into the into the slant he went, and it was done. I said, well, that's how you do that. Old Ronaldo kind of looked a little butt hurt, and uh, so we, we go to grab the next pin and just put him on water so they'll be there waiting for him, and look over and Ronaldo is headed down the, the alley in the opposite direction. I said, where the hell is he going? The kid said, I don't know. I said, hey, we're going to pull this pin. He said, I can't. I said, where are you going? I got to go to the bathroom. Oh, okay, well, that's fine. Go to the bathroom, whatever. And so we we proceed to pull the pin that we that we wanted, pinned them, and we we went back to riding. And uh, about ten minutes later, well, it wasn't even ten minutes later, just a couple minutes later, we see his old Ford pickup hauling ass down the county road. And the manager at the time, uh, he calls me and said, "Did you uh, did you make old Ronaldo quit, or did you fire him, or what?" And I said, no, I don't. He said he had to go to the bathroom. And the manager said, well, he's leaving. I, I saw that. Did he clock out? No. I don't know. I said, his trailer's still at the yard. Maybe. I don't know what the deal is. I said, did he shit his pants? Uh, maybe. So I called him. I said, hey, did you shit your pants or what? Yeah, a little bit. There's no goddamn bathroom in that in that processing shack. No, there never has been. There ought to be a bathroom. No, uh, <laughs> you might want to take a pregame dump before you go riding pins, but okay. <laughs> so, <coughs> not only did Ronaldo have the same steer cut back on him three times, but he, uh, he also managed to shit himself in the process. So, <laughs> That was a, another one of the really good times with, uh, or good stories with memorable characters uh, in my line of work. Well, that's a few of the characters that uh, I've met throughout my years. There's plenty more, so don't worry. I won't be running out of stories anytime soon. I've met just a lot of, a lot of absolutely hilarious people in my 33 years, and uh, I think the world needs to know about them. So keep tuning in, and I'll, uh, I'll keep yakking your ear off. And uh, once again, thank you for all the support and your uh, feedback and your your kind words and everything uh keep it up it kind of helps keep me going with this deal just uh makes me happy that people are enjoying it and i think we're on the verge of having quite a big following so keep it up share with your friends please i know it takes a little extra to do it but it sure helps helps my cause out so if you would share it with your friends on facebook and twitter and instagram or wherever just 
you know, word of mouth. Just <clears throat> let people know I'm out here talking a bunch of nonsense and uh, that sometimes it's kind of funny. So uh, with that, I'm going to wrap. Uh, you guys be careful out there. Make sure you go check out uh, Don't Be a Gunsel on Facebook and Instagram. Go use the promo code Burning Daylight. Get yourself a 10% discount. Get yourself some cool shit. Help uh, help a couple, a couple small time time guys get some get some traction going. So uh, with all that, I'm gonna get so move your ass. We're burning daylight. They say I'm a bourbon legend, if you didn't know I haunt the honky-tonks like a worn-out ghost A friend of a friend, is it right or wrong? But I'll be a bourbon legend long after I'm gone well, Some say that I'm part devil With a long red pointed tail some say that I'm just a preacher man Warned about the fires of hell The folklore keeps on spreading these days That I'm another shooting star Cause there have been several sightings of me By the folks down at the bar They say I'm a bourbon legend If you didn't know I haunt the honky-tonks like a worn-out ghost A friend of a friend said right or wrong That I'll be a bourbon legend long after I'm gone Now some believe the rumor And others need stronger proof just give it time and you will find the lies are none the wasted truth. See, there's 90 ways to judgment day, and I've tasted every one. Now, when you're down to your last shot, and that's the best time to load your gun. Start to sound the same In every little town When the sun goes down I'm known by a different name They say I'm a bourbon legend If you didn't know I haunt the honky-tonks Like a worn-out ghost A friend of a friend Said right or wrong That I'll be a bourbon legend Long after I'm gone they say that I'll be your bird